ओम ज्ञान So in everything we do, even in chanting Hare Krishna, 
not necessarily that when we chant Hare Krishna that the Lord is pleased. That may seem like a controversial statement. But there's also the statement of Chaitanya Charitamrita, Bahu Janga Kare Jari Shavam Kirtam Tabhuta Napai Krishna Pati Vrindam. Anayashe Bhavakoi Krishna Shavam. Eight Krishna Nami Pai Etodhan. Elsewhere in Chaitanya Charitamrita it's stated there. Very easily by chanting the name of Krishna, one gets free from material existence. One gets the opportunity to serve Krishna. One gets such a wonderful opportunity simply by chanting the name of Krishna. But then again it's stated that one can chant the name of Krishna for many, many lifetimes and not attain love of Krishna. So this appears to be a contradictory statement. It's not contradictory, it's just that the statement that by chanting Hare Krishna one gets love of Krishna needs to be qualified. The qualification is that one has to chant without offenses. If one chants with offenses, then even if one chants for many, many lifetimes, he will not get the love of Krishna, which is the actual result of that chanting. So even chanting, actually chanting without the attitude of serving Krishna, is not actually chanting. It may be that the sound is coming, but actually it's not proper chanting. Ashadu Shangevai Krishna Dan Nahihon. Bahirai Namako Bote Tabu Nam Kabunai. That is stated by Jagadananda Pandit, an associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. That if one does not chant in the association of devotees or under the guidance of devotees, then one may make a sound, Hare Krishna. But it's not actually chanting. It's not actually the Holy Name. Because the Lord is not obliged to manifest Himself on the lips of a person who is not actually a devotee. Just like the Lord is not obliged to accept the worship of imitative worshippers. People who... There are so many people. There's one Marwari man here who made one temple and uh, it's a good business. He's organized it in such a way. He, and he himself made himself the head pujari and uh, made a sweet shop outside. And it's a great business. He got it in a good spot, well planned, so that he can make plenty of money. So it's not that the Lord is obliged to accept the worship of such imitative worshippers. Similarly, there are so many impersonalists who, as they say, put a statue and worship. Om Jai Jagadisha Hare with all the gods. But that is not deity worship. That is actually idol worship. Because they don't have faith in the Supreme Lord as the Supreme Person. And even though they go through the motions of doing worship, there's no actual bhakti. Actually their motive is to kill Krishna. Those who say that all the gods are one or Krishna is simply a manifestation of the impersonal Brahmana. So many mistakes the Mayavadis make. And actually they are offensive to Krishna. It's not, it superficially appears to be bhakti, but it's not bhakti at all. Just like Bhutana, she came with the show of bhakti. Oh, what a nice child. But her aim was to harm, to kill the child. So in the same way, many people appear, they may appear to be like sadhus, but actually their motive is not sat, it is asat, it is impure. They may appear to be very saintly, but you see that the result of their so-called saintliness is that people become sinful. 
they actually fall down from the principles of spiritual life, just like there was one famous impersonalist who said that all the paths lead to the same goal. So it sounds very nice that this is a good process for religious tolerance, you see, and then that means we'll be nice to everybody. Sadhu should be nice to everybody, so you say all the paths lead to the same goal. So he himself, to demonstrate that for some time, although he was born in a Brahmin family, so-called Brahmin family, then he became a Muslim, and he thought, well, now I'm a Muslim, so the way to God in Islam is we should eat beef. So beef-eating Brahmin, and then people thought, oh, very sacred, because they're fools. And actually this is all nonsense anyway, that all paths lead to the same goal. And if all paths lead to the same goal, then why, uh, why, this, why the path of bhakti is delineated in Shastra? Bhaktyamama bhijanati. I can be understood only by bhakti. But even this, you see, they take the word bhakti and they change it. Bhakti actually means ahaitukiya prati hatayayatma Pure devotion to Krishna, understanding him to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead, without any personal motivation, that is executed continuously without any stop. But they take bhakti to mean just some feeling. Whatever you feel, that is bhakti. Or you can serve the Lord in your own way. No. You have to, you have to serve the Lord according to the rules and regulations of Shastra. Just like I was saying, don't dance like this, round and round. So it seems, well, it's very nice. Everyone is very happy. But if Prabhupada came here, he wouldn't be happy because he stopped the Mahalis from doing that. Because you're putting your back to the deity. If you put your back to the deity, that's actually offensive. You may not know, that's why you have to be told. That's actually offensive to do that. The kirtan, just like I'm saying, kirtan means chanting for the Lord's pleasure, not for our pleasure. So, if we're putting our back to the deity, that's actually a sign of disrespect. So, we should know all these things, of course. There may be no offense if we don't know, but we should learn. Just like some people say, well, it doesn't matter, you see. It doesn't matter. You can just do the puja in any way like this. But there are rules and regulations how to do it. Because Krishna is satisfied by doing it in a certain way. You may think, well, I'll do it just how I like, and Krishna has to accept my feeling. But no. Servant means he has to understand what the master wants and do it according to his liking. And that is why Shastra is there, to give us so many rules. What to do in the deity worship? Because Krishna likes things done in a certain way, and the, the servant has to adjust himself to the master. Not that, well, I think I'll do it this way. You know, so many times we did the RT like this, now we'll do it like this, just to make a change. Because I, you know, I feel like it, and then you see, Krishna has to accept my bhakti. But that's not bhakti. Krishna is not obliged to accept whatever imaginative thing pops into our head at any moment. We have to understand how to do it according to Krishna's desire. Therefore, one has to learn all these points from Shastra and do what is pleasing to Krishna. This point that Krishna accepts the bhakti, that is true. But that doesn't negate doing things according to the way Krishna wants. People may think, well, it's actually, you see, Bhavagrahi Janardha. Krishna is known as one who accepts the mood of devotion. So, Murko Vadati Vishnaya, Dhero Vadati Vishnave, Ubayastu Samam Punyam, Bhavagrahi Janadana. That statement is there. That someone who is a fool, they say Vishnaya. 
बिकॉज यू आर थिंक लाइक दैट वी सही नारायणा गोविंदाया मधुसूदनाया सो यू थिंक यू सही विष्णाया ओम विष्णाया नम बट इट्स एन एक्सेप्शन इन द ग्रामेटिकल रूल ओम विष्णवे नम नॉट विष्णाया सो वन हू डजन नो यू सही ओम विष्णाया नम एंड समन हू डज नो यू सही ओम विष्णवे नम But Krishna accepts the mood of both if there's devotion. Now that doesn't mean that, well, okay, you can say Vishnaya or Vishnaya and it's all the same. One should actually learn how to say it properly. What is the proper way to say it? Because there is a specific and certain way, to, if someone mispronounces your name, if you don't know, well, okay, child, he doesn't know. But then when he grows up, it doesn't mean he should remain a fool forever. child means foolish that's why children are forgiven of mistakes but they're forgiven but they should be trained also in the modern age there's the idea well you don't tell children anything you just let them grow up then they grow up as rascals untrained children have to be trained this should be done this should not be done it should be told otherwise you see a young child 5 years old they have no discrimination they may walk up to another child and just slap them in the face they do such things because their children they don't know any better but if you don't train them they come to 20 years old they just walk up to someone and slap them in the face and that won't be considered very good that's very highly antisocial behavior so they require to be trained in proper behavior what is the proper thing to do so in the same way although the mood of devotion that is important but also we should know how to perform activities so that they will be what is pleasing to in krishna conscious rule that means in kali yoga not much austerity is recommended but some austerity is tapoje vyam putraka yena satram shudyat yasmat brahma sokyam tonantam this verse probably would call it's a it's an ongoing principle it's not that because in kali yoga one is not recommended to perform severe austerities that there should be no austerity some austerity is required that shows our the determination of the devotee to serve krishna it's not that one should think one can simply have a very easy going life and this will please krishna i'll just do a little mala and then okay little mala a little eating a little sleeping and that's it okay. this is bhakti but Bhakti means to perform activities for the pleasure of Krishna, and a real servant he is considering every moment how Krishna can best be served. In material consciousness, one is always thinking how I can best be served, how I will be most comfortable, how everything will be nice for me. So sometimes, not sometimes, often in Krishna consciousness, we carry this consciousness. into krishna consciousness we think that well, i will do bhakti but i'll just do it in such a way that's convenient for me i'll just arrange everything nicely so i will be very everything will be very peaceful and calm and nice for me then i can do bhakti very nicely first of all i should arrange all facilities for myself and then when all, when all the facilities are very nice then my mind can be calm and peaceful and then i'll do bhakti we cheat ourselves in this way I think that I have to make this arrangement for my material comfort and that arrangement 
And then when everything's calm, then my mind won't be disturbed. Then I'll do bhakti properly. So it's my duty, so I can do bhakti properly, to arrange that I have one car in the bank, and a plush apartment, and a few servants, and then when everything's very nice, then I can do bhakti very nicely. Or we think that, you see, that, well, you see, I have to arrange in such a way that my, everything is perfect for me, then I will do bhakti. But there's no such thing in this material world as a perfect situation. Of course, we may make some adjustment. Not that we have to... It's not, for instance, that you see if... Uh, if it's a very hot day that we don't turn the fan on. Something that's easy to do. You can do But not that we dedicate our whole lives to making some adjustment. That then I will do bhakti. Rather, we have to perform devotional service in whatever situation is there. We have to see first and foremost how Krishna is to be served, how Krishna is to be satisfied, not how I will be satisfied. And then the question of austerity comes. Because if we're thinking how to satisfy Krishna, then uh, our own satisfaction, if we're making that secondary, then that is austerity. Just like one has to rise early in the morning. So he may think, well, this morning I am very tired. So I shall not get up. It is better. I shall rise later. And then I can chant better without being tired. So then we invent the philosophy that you see, the devotees mostly they take a little rest in the day. So better I will sleep to 8 o'clock. I have full rest. And then I will get up and I won't rest in the day. This is better for bhakti. We may consider like this. But it is nonsense, because it is not according to the direction of Shastra. It is according to the direction of our own wicked mind, by which we very intelligently make all kinds of adjustments for our own sense gratification in the name of bhakti. But bhakti means to dedicate, to do that. Actually, Krishna is pleased when he sees us doing something which is difficult for us. Krishna doesn't want us to suffer, but he wants to see how much we are prepared to please him. There is a certain class of sahajya, or imitative devotees, who say that, well, Krishna loves his devotees. So, he becomes pleased when he sees they are happy. So, we shall enjoy all kinds of sense gratification, and Krishna will be happy. Krishna will be pleased with us, because we are his devotees. But actually, that is a complete reversal of the actual situation, is that devote, Krishna becomes very pleased when he sees his devotees giving up sense gratification for the sake of serving him. How much they're prepared to undergo difficulties and austerities. Just like so many times, you see, Srila Prabhupada, he would go through many difficult situations. When he was living in Vrindavan, prior coming to America, he would go into Delhi and he would often go without proper meals, so he could have enough money to print his magazine, which no one was very interested in. But he was interested in publishing it because he wanted to please his spiritual master. And he would go out in the heat of summer. One time, in Delhi it's very hot, I think even probably hotter than Hyderabad. And one time he collapsed in the street from heat stroke because he was going out to distribute his magazines, which no one was interested in because he wanted to preach Krishna consciousness. Another time in Delhi, a bull attacked him and guard him, and he couldn't understand. I'm just doing my... No, couldn't understand means he was wondering 
that I'm doing my best to serve Krishna and Krishna is giving me these difficulties. And he was thinking that no one, actually no one appreciated at that time. He was saying that, you see, you've come to Vrindavan, you retired and now you should just live in Vrindavan and do bhajan. You have a nice room, it's very peaceful. Just sit and do bhajan. If you want to do tapasya, then like the other Vrajavasis, you do your tapasya, get up in the morning, go take your moon snan, eat very little, sleep very little. This is enough tapasya. You live like that and you, you live like a good Vrajavasi. But Prabhupada was always going off to Delhi and then getting heat stroke and not eating and people telling him, why are you doing this? Just relax. Prabhupada never relaxed. He kept on pushing because he knew that if we really want to please Krishna, we have to preach Krishna consciousness. If we want to preach Krishna consciousness, even people are they're not appreciating or it's too hard or the bull is attacking or whatever it may be. We have to keep on pushing. We have to keep on straining. Even the health, Prabhupada's health wasn't good. Even the, later Prabhupada came back from America. He went to America, he had two heart attacks. And then he was preaching among actually completely crazy people. He was living with a crazy guy who attacked him. He was, he was afraid, that Prabhupada was afraid that he was going to kill him. So he, he was left out on the street in America. Then when he came back, so many things. Actually, in the Prabhupada Lamrata, they edited so many things out. How some Prabhupada's disciples turned against him. They kidnapped him once. At one point, Prabhupada was under house arrest. They wouldn't let him out of his room. I don't know why they didn't put it all in the Prabhupada Lamrata. I think they wanted some devotees' names wouldn't be... Some devotees who are still here, their names wouldn't be besmirched. But actually, these things are true. One of Prabhupada's leading disciples turned against him completely. It's also not there. So many things. Prabhupada went through so many difficulties. But he accepted it all because he thought we have to press on the Krishna conscious movement. This is tapasya. Tapasya in the modern age means the, especially the determination to preach despite all difficulties. Of course, Prabhupada arranged, he gave some nice facilities just like we have this temple here, devotees can live. Of course, some people find that even too austere. They think, that, well, it's very difficult living in the temple. So they have to go to the difficulty of living in their own so-called house or property or apartment. House? No one has a house these days. Everyone's living in apartments. So they, they, go through, they have to go through the austerity of working about 14 hours a day to maintain a little apartment that they can come back to with great anxiety and difficulty. But basically, they, some nice, some uh, minimal facilities that we can say. All facilities there. So devotees can serve Krishna. But one is not supposed to simply live in the temple and arrangement is there for eating and sleeping. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is that one should live taking advantage of the facility and perform the tapasya of preaching Krishna consciousness, giving one's blood, doing whatever is required to serve Krishna. And uh, actually one who is sincere to serve Krishna by preaching, he will definitely go through many difficulties, undoubtedly. There is no acharya or great devotee in history who has preached Krishna consciousness and he just goes to people and says, Chan Hare Krishna, and they immediately surrender. Oh yes, okay, all right. Everyone, yes, whatever you say, we'll just do it. No. Preaching means to fight against Maya and against Maya's representatives. Even sometimes you see, just like I was saying, Prabhupada, his own disciples turned against him. That is typical of Kali Yuga. That is, 
preaching Krishna consciousness, sometimes it means, you, you see, you're distributing Krishna Bhakti, and different people come, sometimes a snake will come. And just like a snake, by Payopanam Bhujanganam, Kevala Vishabhardhanam, when you feed milk to a snake, simply his poison increases. They become very dangerous. So it may be even someone, you're trying the best to benefit someone, but they reciprocate by becoming a poisonous snake and biting you. Still you have to go on preaching. That is the attitude of a preacher. Despite all difficulty, physical difficulty, mental difficulty, all kinds of difficulties, he is determined simply to, I have to give this bag of blood and bones which I have achieved through my bad karma. Now by good fortune, I've been given the opportunity to serve Krishna. So let me do it in the best way I can possible. So this attitude of bhakti will very much please Krishna. And that is the way to get admission into the world of Krishna. Otherwise one can formally do bhakti. Little chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. All right. All right. It's chanting also. But that won't satisfy Krishna as much as the sincere endeavor to serve him despite all difficulties. Prabhupada, as the Acharya, he set the example. He pushed his disciples. Work hard, Krishna. And he himself set the best example. Even in his old age, he was working so hard how to serve Krishna in the best possible manner. So in the modern age, we're not expected to perform it's severe austerities, nor is it recommended that we perform very severe austerities or much fasting and all this. But in the Krishna consciousness preaching movement, we have to accept so many difficulties that fighting with our own minds, fighting with the minds of materialistic people who have an extraordinary, extraordinary repertoire of excuses of why not to become Krishna conscious. They have all kinds of reasons. And they can, Maya will supply them the intelligence. They'll invent one thing after another. Why we should not surrender to Krishna. They're shameless people. Actually, it's recommended best. Prabhupada recommended. Give them the books. Let them take Prabhupada's books. That will be the, the best way for people to come into Krishna consciousness. Let them take these books in which everything is set down clearly. And by the pious activity of taking a book and giving some donation, then that in itself is pious activity. Pious means bhakti mukhi punya. That piety which is uh, in our preaching, Prabhupada emphasized so many times that we may speak so many things and we may do kirtan and so many things. But the main preaching is, is distribution of Prabhupada's books. And unless that is there, then everything else is uh, hollow, actually. So I guess if you did this program, there are no books. Prabhupada said the success of a program is measured by how much people take books. So at least we should have books there for them to take. We shouldn't think that and we just give a lecture and we come and we take some prasad and on we go. No, that wasn't Prabhupada's idea. Prabhupada's idea was that we should just read books. Let them take books. That will help them eternally. Prabhupada even said, you may give a lecture, they'll hear it, they'll forget. But if the book is with them, that's something solid, positive, that will stay. 
So there are so many difficulties in preaching Krishna consciousness, but we should, we have to take this austerity. If we want to please Krishna quickly, easily, Prabhupada wrote that, that the, the, the easy way to satisfy the personality of God is by preaching. Now, preaching itself is not easy. Of course, it can be easy if we compromise, if we just tell people, yes, you do whatever you like, and yes, you also chant my Krishna. You're worshipping demigods, you're eating meat, and you're following so many swamis. Okay, that's also nice. And you just chant Hare Maybe in the beginning you might say something like that, but at some point you have to tell them, my dear sir, everything you're doing up to now is completely rascal them, give it up and surrender to Krishna. Because unless we tell them that, then they'll just go on being rascals forever. They'll think, you see, they told me, you worship demigods, it's okay, you eat meat, it's okay, everything's okay. Alright, that's what they said. They never, they never told, they never told not to do these things. Unless we tell, then they'll think, it's authorized, it's okay. At some point you have to tell. Actually, it's like this, it's like this, it's like this, and it's like this. Then we'll see. Recently in Salem, in Tamil Nadu, our devotees, they conducted a four-day seminar for all the devotees, all the people coming regularly on Mayavad. Because everyone's infected by this disease, pretty much. So there was one man there, he'd been chanting one round of Hare Krishna for about four months. So on about the third day, he started protesting. Too much for him. Why are you saying, you see, you shouldn't worship all the different gods? So many great sadhus, they worship all the different gods. Why are you saying? And he became upset and he said, well, this is according to Shastra. You should only worship Krishna. And he became so upset and he went away and he never chanted Hare Krishna. So what should we have done? Should we have said, yes, actually it's okay, you worship all the gods, and you chant your one round of Hare Krishna. Should we have said that? No. should say, actually, you have to worship Krishna exclusively. And he went away upset, and all the other people understood, who hadn't understood previously, that, oh, we're chanting Hare Krishna, but actually, of course, we heard that we should only worship Krishna. Now we understand why from Shastra. So... 49 people or so, about 50 people there, so 49 people became convinced why we have to serve Krishna, why we have to surrender to Krishna. And one person who was superficially chanting Hare Krishna went away, upset. So preaching means sometimes we may have to upset people. That's actually the test. When we speak the truth, what is the fact according to Shastra? That will test. Who actually wants to accept? Who is sincere? And who isn't sincere? As long as we try to cover the facts with something. Yes, 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 it's okay. Just, you know, adjust this and that. And, you know, it says this in Prabhupada's books, but anyway, you know, you just adjust this way and that way and the other way. As long as we go on like that, then uh, many useless people may come and, yes, 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 everything is okay. And we'll be another edition of Mayavadis. And we'll be popular, maybe among a few people. But we won't be popular with Krishna. We won't make any strong devotees or people who are convinced, ready to give their life for Krishna. We won't make any pure devotees. We ourselves won't be pure devotees. Because we're not saying what Krishna says. We have to say what Krishna says, which is Sarvadhanam Parityajam Maam Ekam Shayanam Rajam 
surrender to me only. This is actually Bhagavad Gita. This is what Krishna came to teach. Krishna didn't come to teach that. Well, you just do whatever you like. Arjuna, you want to do what you like? Well, okay. Just do whatever you like. You want to go to sleep on this chariot? Here, I'll make a nice bed for you and family. You don't want to fight? Okay, just sleep peacefully. Let's go to. Let's go away to see why should we be on a battlefield? It's nasty, it's noisy, it's hot, and apart from that, you can get killed. So, actually, Arjuna, you're right. It's a much better idea. It's a nice area around here, Kurukshetra. You'll just drive away to... I'm a good chariot driver. So, we'll drive away to some nice pond. We'll relax under a tree by the side of that. And, you know, we can call... We can call, you see, I'm God, so we can call some of my servants. And we'll just relax and some people can come and massage our feet and they can bring some sherbet. No, actually it was in the winter, so they should bring some herbal tea. And, you see, it'll be very nice. And why should we bother with all this fighting, you see? Let someone else do it. So you could... He could have said that, but he said, no, you don't want to fight, you're a rascal, you're a nonsense, you should fight. Why? I want you to. And I'm God, you should do what I say. So he had to go through it. He didn't want to, but he did, and he became famous as a great devotee for this. Krishna tested him. Do you want to serve me, or do you want to serve your senses? I'm with you, Krishna said. That you have to go through difficulties. If you want to go, if you'll take the difficulties for me, I'll be with you and I'll protect you. But if you if you don't want to go through the difficulties, okay, you go find some nice tree, three miles away from the battle. You can sit under it and chant. But I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in the battle. That's where Krishna is. Krishna is in the battle. He's with his devotees, those who are taking the difficulty to serve him. So. As Prabhupada mentions here, those who are, use the word, a person who is sincere in heart, those who are sincere in heart, can we do something about this? That's another thing we should think how a Krishna is to be served. Always have to see what is necessary to do to please Krishna. Not formally. If we simply do formally, then yes, we'll follow all the rules of it. We have to see. How is Krishna to be served? The door is banging, so some arrangement should be made. It doesn't bang. It's not a very difficult thing to do. It requires one to stand up and latch the door. That's all. But if you don't think, then it'll be banging for the next 20 years until it falls off the hinge, and then it'll be sitting on the hinge for the next 20 years after that. Because no one can think how Krishna is to be served properly. So we should see all these things. We should see with divine vision how are we to serve Krishna? You have a temple, you have the means. You have to see, you have to keep it clean for Krishna. You have to make a nice atmosphere. This is Krishna's temple. Everything should be done for his pleasure. So that is the difference between pure devotee and a formal devotee. Pure devotee is always an anxiety how to serve Krishna in the best way and is prepared to undertake any difficulty to serve Krishna. So it is this standard of devotion is required to be a pure devotee. Otherwise, as a formality, we can do. We can make, yes, I'll make a nice, comfortable arrangement, and then I'll do bhakti. We spend all day making a nice, comfortable arrangement, and then we do service for three minutes every day. Because, you see, I have to make my room nice, and I have to do uh, five hours of yoga exercise every day, so my body can be fit to serve Krishna. 
There's no time to serve Krishna. Because you say, I have to do this, I have to do that. There's so many things. I'm just doing all this so I can serve Krishna properly. And at the end of the day, there's no time to serve Krishna. But we're very healthy and very everything, very nice arrangement in the room and everything perfect. But it takes you all day just to keep it like that. No, we have to see how to serve Krishna in the best way. That should be our motive. What will satisfy Krishna? That we have to see. Even it may not satisfy us, but actually it will satisfy us. And we'll never be satisfied. As long as we're thinking how I will be satisfied, we'll never be satisfied. And as long as we're only thinking how to satisfy Krishna, there'll be so many difficulties and so many problems. But actually we'll be blissful because Krishna will bless us with the nectar of pure devotional service. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? Speak loudly so others can hear. In previous ages, they didn't chant Hare Krishna. They. People in the previous ages didn't chant Hare Krishna, yes. They didn't know the mantra. So what's the question? Uh, generally it wasn't broadcast very loudly, the Mahamantra is eternal. But in previous ages people would chant different mantras, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. It's there in Shastra, but it wasn't very broadly broadcast. It's broadly broadcast now. So take advantage. They could have also had advantage if they had chanted it, that's true. Yeah, in the factories they have unions. So, did they make the uh, Hare Krishna Brahmachari Ashram union yet? <laughs> if it comes to that, then close the whole temple down. No use. Brahmachari means Brahmachari Guru Kule Vasam Danta Guru Ritam. He should live as a menial servant. Dasavanacharam Nicho Sudrira Guru Seva. What is that? Sudrita Guru Sokhidam. The Brahmachari should live as a menial servant in the Brahmachari Ashram. No, no demands, no trade union, no such thing. When First time someone comes, if we tell them that all the gods are not the same, they may not be able to understand. But he definitely won't be able to understand if you don't tell him. There's no way he's, there's no way he's going to understand unless you tell him. He may not understand if you tell him, but if you don't tell him, he's definitely not going to understand. So there's a better chance he understands if you tell him. There's no chance if you don't tell him. You can ask him to chant Hare Krishna, but actually I see that Prabhupada, he always spoke philosophy to people. He didn't always ask people to chant Hare Krishna when they first came. First he would try and convince them of some of the philosophy and then 
You can give them Prabhupada's books also. Otherwise, you see, if you don't preach, then what's the use? What's the point? If you think, well, he's not going to understand, so I won't preach. You have to wait for someone who can understand. You have to wait for someone who is like a pure devotee in their last life to come. And then they also want me preaching to because they already understand. So who are you going to preach to? Afterwards, he'll become sufficiently familiar. When? At which point? Someone has to tell him at some point. Anyway, you don't preach like this because you yourself are not convinced. It's better you don't. First you become convinced yourself. You can tell him you do whatever you like, follow all the different paths, everything is all one, and then they'll be happy. And you'll go to hell and he'll go to hell. Yeah. Uh, then that is not against the principles. There's nothing against the principles of Bhakti. Okay, and the Tamil Jesus Mitra Yogi Chavan is considered as the practical position of the Nidhi. If they do, it's a big if. Mostly people don't. Mostly they consider as a as a separate god. So. Uh, Generally, as we see how Prabhupada practically preached, he always preached that you only worship Krishna. All our acharyas are done like this. And then, after someone's understood that, then if they go to, just like we go to a demigod temple, we bow down, we offer, we don't make any big arrangement for puja. But unless, as Prabhupada said, that uh, unless we preach very strongly against this worship of different demigods, then people are never going to understand. If you say, yes, yes, you, you go on with the worship and you just think they're servants of Krishna. Actually, they're because they're stuck in that way of thinking. They're, nev- they're never going to understand. They're going to go on thinking, yes, this is okay, that's okay, it's all the same, it's all okay. So better they stop their demigod worship. Even sometimes, recently someone told me, I saw the initiated devotee, and they had on their altar, Ganesh, deity. So I said, what are you doing? It's not Bhagavan. He said, well, we've been offering, we've been worshipping in our family for 300 years. So I said, when are you going to stop? You're going to go on forever, then you'll never go back to God. Maybe 300 years, 3,000 years, it's maybe millions of lifetimes, but at some point you have to work, focus only on Krishna. So I took that deity. I made some arrangement whereby he stopped worshipping that deity. We only worship Krishna. Uh, it may be. He is doing his seeing as a devotee. Not in Chaitanya Charitamrita, actually, which is more authoritative. Chaitanya Mangal, from the point of view of philosophy, is not considered pramanic in the same way that Chaitanya Charitamrita is. It may be. Even Krishna himself praises the demigods. But that doesn't mean that we should do, that we should make it part of our, our uh, liturgy. You see, what is our our liturgy is to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, offer prayers to Krishna. He was telling him, now you should stop. And he won't stop. He wouldn't give it up. He had the same old thing, you know, well, I've been worshipping all my life, how can I stop? I do, I mean, with something just like some old women they've been worshipping for the last 60 years or something. So I tell you, keep a separate altar. You can work, but you should understand that these demigods, they are servants of Krishna only. 
if you're so much attached, you can do on a separate one. With the understanding that Krishna is supreme. Or sometimes in a family, one member of the family is Krishna conscious, others aren't. Like that. So, but you then should keep a separate altar. It's not in our Gorya Vaishnav line, or in any Vaishnav line, to keep Krishna on the same altar with demigods. They may be worshipped separately. But that also, incidentally, not that we do elaborate pujas or any such thing. Sometimes if you finish the door entrance to the temple, Door entrance to the temple, yeah. That's a common thing. Why? Uh, we don't know after so many years of it. No, no, basically, I know basically it's like he's removing... He removes material, yeah. But then Ganesh himself gets power from Narasimhade. So we... We don't generally do. Prabhupada never... It's there if you see even the traditional temples in Vrindavan, they also have. But our recent acharyas, they haven't recommended this. Okay, we'll finish then. Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. His divine grace, Srila Prabhupada Ki.